0: Thank you for joining our podcast here at Peninsula Covenant Church. Stay tuned as together we'll
1: study God's Word. In John chapter 3 verse 30 it says, He must increase, therefore I must decrease. Together let the great reduction begin. It's good to see Aubrey up there, isn't it? If you know Aubrey, Aubrey's one of our uh, worship leaders. Um, typically, it's at times here at 11 o'clock. And also, she works on the worship team. Hey, I'm Brian Wren. It's good to be with you today. And if you're a kid under the age of 18, just say woo-hoo right now. One, two, three. Woohoo! Oh, come on. On account count of three kids, woo-hoo. One, two, three. Yeah, yeah, there's one kid in here today. I know it's his birthday. I won't point him out right now. Anybody else got a birthday today? Like right now today, the 31st of March? Right there? Over. Oh, a big kid has a birthday today. I like that. I like that. Happy birthday to those who birthday is today. Hey, I'm Brian Wren, and kids, we're really glad you're with you today. We've actually designed, with us today, we've designed this message for kids in mind. So kids, I need you to give me a little focus, and I know you got crayons going, all right, and that's awesome. And I want to, if you're a kid right now and you got crayons going right now, I want you to write down two words, power, moms and dads, you might have to help spell that, power and Peace. Those are two of the three points today, power and peace. I want to start us off today pondering this, because I think we all relate to this as a kid, milk. Anybody relate to this? I want to know what your relationship has been like with milk. Are you one who loves milk? Mom, can I have some milk right now? Mom, can you get me some milk? Mom, I do not want milk. I've never liked it. Mom, don't make me drink my milk. Or are you one of those kids or adults? Raise your hand if you're a milk lover. Raise your hand. Raise your hand if you are not a milk lover. It's interesting. I've had a very interesting relationship with milk. It goes back to a kid where I would sit at the kitchen table and we'd have dinner. And it was more like this because I would be sitting in front of my milk and we'd be at the kitchen table and there was my milk. And here was me and my freedom to the world came through drinking my milk. (laughs) I didn't like milk. I was convinced it didn't like me. And the longer I sat there, the worse it got. Because when your milk sits, it gets warm. And there is nothing worse than warm milk. You folks who heat up your milk and like it warm, you have a problem. So I would sit there and my mom would say, you got to drink your milk. Mom, how about a, I'll eat my broccoli so I don't have to drink my milk. No, you got to drink your milk. Mom, I'll eat this salad that is Thousand Island Dressing on top of iceberg lettuce. Uh, so I don't have to drink my milk. No, you got to drink your milk. Mom, can I get up from the table? Not until you drink your milk. So after what seemed seen about three days, maybe two hours, and it was only probably 15 minutes. And everyone had left the table, I would gulp down and almost throw it back up at the same time I wore milk. What's interesting, I knew milk was good for me and I knew it was best in me. But I had trouble with allowing it to really stir in my soul and into my body. I think a lot of us have that same relationship with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is what? who? Is who? The Holy Spirit seems mystery, mysterious. If, if I let too much in it of me, or if I let it stir too much in me, won't it, like, make me do crazy things? If you had to describe what the Holy Spirit was like, because mine was, the Holy Spirit is like warm milk sometimes that I really don't want to fully participate with, what would you say? You might have a more positive view. It's okay to have a negative view. I can't get anyone to give me a negative view on the Holy Spirit. So if you can say the Holy Spirit is like this unknown thing that I'm not sure I want to follow, that would be fair. Or give me a positive. Someone called out in the first gathering, the Holy Spirit's like a counselor. It's like this support right next to me at all times. Somebody else, give me one. The Holy Spirit is like what? Power. It's like what? A A gut check. The Holy Spirit is like what? A friend, it's what? The Holy Spirit is guilt? Is that what you said? Somebody else? The center, yes. It's all these things. Oh, what did you say? Guidance, the Holy Spirit's guidance. And so today, as we look at our text, I want us to get a fresh or renewed understanding of the Holy Spirit But I first want us to watch this video. Kids, as we watch this video right now, I want you to pick out your favorite scene and whisper it into your parents' ears. Or just turn to them and say, my favorite scene was this. Adults, I need you to tell me after the video's over which aspect of this video that you watched touched you in a fresh way. Ready? Let's watch this video.
2: If you've ever heard the phrase, the Holy Spirit, and you want to know what it means, where do you start? Well, you have to start on page one of the Bible, where the uncreated world is depicted as this dark, chaotic place. But
0: then, above the chaos, God's Spirit is there, hovering, ready to bring about life and order
2: and beauty. Okay, but what is God's Spirit?
0: Yeah, so the Spirit is the way the biblical authors talk about God's personal presence. The Hebrew word is ruach. Ruach. Yeah, you got to clear your throat at the end.
2: So what is it?
0: Well, ruach can refer to a number of different things, but what they all have in common is energy. Energy? How so? So there's an invisible energy that makes the clouds move or the tree branches sway. Right. Wind. So in Hebrew, that's ruach. Okay. Now take a big breath. So you feel that inside you. Yeah, the air? Well, specifically the energy, right? The vitality in your body that you get from breathing deeply. That, too, is ruach. And this is the same word used in the Bible to describe God's personal presence. Just like wind and breath are invisible, God's spirit is invisible. Wind is powerful, and so God's spirit is powerful. And just as breath keeps us alive, so God's spirit sustains all of life.
2: Yeah. Ruach.
0: Happening in history from God's point of view. That's exactly right. And here's the problem as the prophets saw it. While God's Ruach had created a really good world, humans have given in to evil. They've unleashed chaos into it through their injustice. A
2: new type of disorder.
0: Yes, and the prophet said the spirit would come, just like in Genesis 1, but now to transform the human heart, to empower people to truly love God and others.
2: How will this new act of God's spirit happen?
0: Well, centuries pass and we are introduced to Jesus. And at the beginning of his mission, there's this beautiful scene where Jesus is being baptized in the waters of the Jordan River.
2: Yeah, the sky opens up and God's Spirit comes and rests on him like a bird. This
0: story is saying that God's Spirit is empowering Jesus to begin the new creation. And we see this happening when he heals people or forgives their sins. He's creating life where there
2: once was death. Now, Israel's religious leaders oppose Jesus, and they eventually have him killed. But even here, God's spirit is at work. The earliest disciples
0: of Jesus, who saw him alive from the dead, said it was God's energizing spirit that
2: raised Jesus. This is the beginning of new creation. Yes, and it's still going. When Jesus appeared
0: to his closest followers, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit.
2: And soon after that, the Spirit powerfully comes on all of His disciples.
0: So that they can become a part of this new creation and share the good news and learn how to live by the energy and influence of God's Spirit.
2: And so, today, the Spirit is still hovering in dark places.
0: Yes, pointing people to Jesus, transforming and empowering them so they can love God and others. And the Christian hope is that the Spirit is going to finish the job. The story of the Bible ends with a vision of a new humanity living in a new world that's permeated with God's love and life-giving spirit.
1: Kids, my favorite scene right there was when the life came across Jesus' body in the tomb and it symbolized him rising up. Kids, turn to your parents right now. Tell them what your favorite scene was. Adults, take a look at this question. So, adults, talk to me. When you saw that, what did you learn, remember, or feel? Somebody give me a feeling. Somebody give me a remembrance. Somebody give me a learning. What was it for you? Gratitude that the Spirit, that the Spirit comes into us. Thanks for that feeling. Somebody else. I love the energy coming in. That, um, you with us. Yeah. Yeah, there's some energy. Everybody breathe in. One, two, three. Mysterious energy, isn't it? Breathing. Oh, my goodness. How does that work? It's as mysterious as the Holy Spirit. Somebody else. What'd you learn? What'd you remember? What just stirred in you emotionally? Hope. Somebody else. Yeah, there's something about the, journey, the long-term journey of the Holy Spirit. And wow, we get to be a part of that? That's just crazy. That word ruach. Oh, Carrie, last piece. Uh, spirit, moves like the wind. spirit moves like the wind. Mysterious as it. That word ruach, everybody say it. One, two, three. Ruach. That's what I used to say after I drank my warm milk. <laughs> ruach. It's just miserable. Ruach. You know what it really means, though? God's personal presence. It's an invisible energy that gives life, order, beauty. It's like the wind, it empowers. All right, let's change Ruach's name and make it simpler so everyone remembers it. Because you'll leave here and you'll be like, was it Kuach? Was it Rach? What was it? Let's call it Ralph. And this is a true story. A guy after the first gathering came up and pronounced Ruach better than I did, okay? And I said, if I pronounce it like that, it won't sound like the thing you say after you drink milk that's warm. And he, so he pronounced it, and he says, but I changed that name. And I said, what are you talking about? And he says, I need the Holy Spirit to seem personal, so I changed Ruach to Ralph. And I know that Ralph is always alongside of me. The Holy Spirit is a person, is a person and comes alongside of us. Here's the big idea today. Take a look at the big idea. The big idea today, we're in this series of decreasing. And so it's really this simple. That's like the adult version of the big idea. So adults, read the, read the adult version. The kid version is this. If we decrease, the Spirit will increase in us. Now, you can read the adult version But if we simply just decrease and say, spirit, lead me, the spirit will do what? Lead us. Lead us. Open back up to your text. Let's take a look at the scripture. And I want to give you three points out of this. Kids, you already have two, remember? One of them was power. The other was peace. And I still have to give you one. But let's look at the scripture. It'll be on the screen. John 14, 25 to 27. All this I've spoken while still with you. This is Jesus speaking. It's getting close to the time where he's going to leave us or leave his disciples. And if you're looking in the Pew Bible and you want to feel it, it's on page 1081. But he goes on to say, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I've said. Peace, I leave you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Let's look at the very first point on the next screen. comes right out of the text here. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. The Holy Spirit is a personal presence in us. The Holy Spirit is one part of the Trinity. How about this next part? I still can't get right. The Holy Spirit is a person. How's that feel for y'all? The Holy Spirit is a person? You just said it was like the wind. It sounds like something like Ruach, and you named him Ralph so we could kind of get it. It doesn't seem he's as personable as God or Jesus, but you're saying it's a person? Yes. But it's still hard for me. In the first gathering, I did not call the Holy Spirit he or him as he's referred to in the Bible because it's so hard for me to get my mind around that. I still call the Holy Spirit an it. And Gary even texted me and said, do you know how many times you said it in the first gathering? And I said, did you hear my opening line? Because I gave a caveat. I said, my challenge is I call the Holy Spirit still an it. I'm still struggling to make it a person. That's why the man came down and said, why don't you rename Ruach Ralph? And then you'll always remember it's a person. But it's hard for me, and it may be hard for you, that there's this being that when we believe lives in us, that can actually guide us, and it's God. Because it's God's spirit. Wow. But it's true. And so there's this personal present known as he, not it. And look what all does. The actual word, go back to the other slide. The actual word advocate means this, one who speaks in our defense. They're for us. Wouldn't you want, don't you want someone who shows up and they're your biggest fan and advocate? Kids, if you're wondering if the Holy Spirit is for you or against you, oh, he is so for you, so for you. Look at all the things the Holy Spirit Wants to do with you, instruct, help you remember, empower. Convict is different than guilt. Has anyone ever screwed up in here? Raise your hand if you screwed up and made a mistake. We're all guilty of mistakes. But the Spirit comes gently to convict and say, hey, you did that? How about you do this next time instead? You raised your voice against your brother or your sister. You're mean to your mom or mom and dad. You're mean to your kid. Okay, that happens. The conviction of, no, that's not the way. That's not the way. Have you started to read the Bible and it starts to make sense? That's the Spirit of God instructing you in that way. But then we need, because we're forgetful people, we need reminders. So when he says in this passage, I teach and remind, I teach and remind, the spirit is so gracious it knows you forget. Ralph knows you all forget and so do I. And Ralph is a great reminder to us. And look what else. It gives sight. It helps us see things. Kids, when I was your age, nobody ever told me everybody's equal. So I walked around my entire life in my early years Measuring people up, and I would walk up to a person and think in my head and see them in this way. I'm better than them. Oh, I'm not better than them. I'm less than them. Anybody relate to this? And kids, what the Spirit of God did to me at a certain age, it, sh- it. Did you hear that? It, He, She, the Person of the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, all people are equal. Judge them not. We all have strengths. We all have weaknesses, but we're all made in the image of God. God, through his spirit, helped me see everyone differently. That took almost 20-some years. But when the light goes on, the spirit reveals things in ways. Look what else it does. It gives us gifts and abilities. Kids, you have certain gifts and abilities. Adults, you have certain gifts and abilities. You're good at things. I'm not good at certain things, but I'm better at some things. These are gifts that are given. And then it helps us experience the fruit of the Spirit, love and joy and peace and patience and self-control. Isn't self-control something we all need? We pray about this in our house a lot. But it's the Spirit that enables me not to say it when I want to say it. That's that personal preference. It's as if Ralph is yelling, don't say that. Oh, no. Don't say that. And that's gentle conviction. That's empowerment. It enables me. We need this presence. We need this presence. What's so wild is this. Let's go back up macro. The presence of God first came in spirit form and showed up in the temple. Okay? And then it was given to a few people, a few people, like the guy who made stuff nice in the temple, people like King David, the prophets who said wild things. There's a prophet, Joel, write down Joel 2 and look this up. In Joel 2, he's the prophet that said, hey, this spirit thing, this mysterious spirit thing, it's going to be available to everybody soon. And what's wild, the spirit was in the temple and then was given to a few people, and then it showed up in who? Jesus. He was the embodiment of the Spirit. And then, this is where I think God made a mistake. In my earthly view. He left and said, you all will be good if I give you this advocate. And that temple is now you. What? That's, that's a mistake, God. Don't trust me. I'll screw this up. I will screw this up. But that's how much faith God has in his power and in his plan that he would make us the temple. And it's true. Don't go there, but write it down. 1 Corinthians 6, 19. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God. Wow, wow. So the Spirit of God is this personal power, or excuse me, this personal presence. I want you to see now that it's also this personal power. Look what it goes on to say in the text in 1426. The Holy Spirit will teach you all these things and will remind you. I've already talked about this, okay? I'm not going to review this. What I want you to realize is that we need to rely on this. We need to truly rely on this. Look what happens. Look at this God zone. And kids, you'll relate to this. Look at this next slide in the God zone. When we let the Spirit lead us, this is what happens. We live in this zone where His fruit just comes alive in our lives And we live more by the Spirit than ourselves and in the world. Look at the next slide. You can see it just blow up. These are the things that happen when the Spirit leads us. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, healthy relationships. We need the Spirit to do this. There was a man that sat here in an electric wheelchair today. He has lost his ability from his waist down. His name's Paul. And Paul said the following. Paul said at one point, as more and more of his body began to not have power, it made him talk to God more. And Paul, at one point, heard God say to him, my love is enough for you. And that has given him great comfort and great strength. Paul's prayer also right now is that his actions and his words while in his wheelchair would reflect God. Paul is a man who's letting the Spirit lead him. Because you know what Paul needs probably more than anything. It's the last thing in the verse that shows. Paul needs peace. Look what it says in 1427. In 1427, it says, Peace I will leave you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Raise your hand if you ever need peace. There's these moments in our lives when we are at disease. Disease means a lack of peace. When does your disease attack you? Is it in the morning? Is it in the afternoon? Or is it at night? At any moment right at that time we can ask the spirit to give us what peace It could be as simple as spirit give me peace spirit lead me out of this crazy thought spirit oh god change me There's a disease a disease which means lack of peace in all of us and Look what it says in Romans 8, 6 on the screen. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and what? Peace, peace. So I have a question for you before we close. Which aspect of the Holy Spirit makes you want a fuller experience? Do you want his presence? Do you want his power? Do you want his peace? Kids pick one, adults pick one. Whispered into your parents' ears, which one you want. Do you want presence? Do you want his power? Or do you want his peace? It's possible, but we've got to allow it. Look at the scripture. We'll skip a slide. Look at the scripture by Jesus. Look what Jesus says. Whoever believes in me, as scriptures, has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Do you see what it says? How do you get the Spirit in you? Somebody. By believing. And it kind of looks like this. It kind of looks like this. It kind of looks like when we let the Spirit, when we really believe... It's kind of like this. (laughs) The Spirit just, just goes into us automatically, automatically. And then the more and more that we stir the Spirit, the more and more we stir the Spirit, the more and more it plays out in our lives. And it changes us. It changes us from the inside out. But we have to stir it. And you know how you stir it? It's this simple. Spirit, lead me. You know how you also stir it? By letting the scriptures into your life, and then they change you from the inside out. You know how you also stir it? You allow other people to speak truth in your life and walk with you. You get other Ralphs. So you have multiple Ralphs. You got Ralph within, you got Ralph at, you got the other Ralphs that are just with you. Do you hear the sound of the spirit stirring? Here's the challenge, though. It's good milk. <laughs> Often we live life like this, though. The spirit goes in and we believe. And remember, Jesus says, I want this to flow out of you like Oh, living water. And it's down there. Do you see it down there? But it gets stuck because here's what happens. We allow other things in our lives. Sin. Other sin. Some more sin. Because we're sinful people, right? And then, then guess what? We forget and other things become more important. And we lose our focus. And... We feel like other things are just more fun. And how about this? We start to believe lies. God isn't that good. And I haven't seen him lately. There's no Ralph. That guy's crazy. Milk's bad, but Ralph doesn't even exist. And then here's what happens with all that in our lives, I can't get the spirit to stir, it's stuck. It's stuck in the bottom. Now, once in a while, it kind of perks up. And that's why in anybody's life, we see good, them do good things that reflect the image of God because they are all made in the image of God. But those who let the Spirit stir have a much different experience. And those who are distracted or caught up in sin, it just never stirs. Can you relate? Oh, can I relate? Kids, you'll grow up and you'll relate even more to this. So how do we do it? Stirring the Spirit as we close, as I said. If you go to the next slide. It even warns us in the Bible to not stifle the Spirit. You saw it on the other slide. But the key is to believe. And if you've never truly put your faith in Christ to receive the Spirit, it could be this simple today. You could say this, Lord, I believe. I believe what you've done on the cross. Lead me with your spirit. Or if you've already believed, we've got to confess and we've got to confess and confess to just keep our spirit stirring and keep us clean. God wants us to be confessing people and we've got to get the word in us and other people and then keep praying this simple prayer. Spirit, what? Lead me. I don't want you to feel bad right now because the presence that you've been given in you is a good presence. That, spirit, that, that presence doesn't condemn. It only wants to encourage, gently convict. It then wants to empower you and then give you peace. If you want more of the spirit, as the band comes up right now, would you put your hands out? And I want to give you a moment to confess or to ask for it, and then I'll pray over us. This is your moment. Parents, you might have to explain to your kids, we're just asking for the spirit in our lives more. I'm going to give us a moment of silence here. Lord, we thank you for milk today. You've given it, and you've given it as an illustration to help us understand a simple and complex idea. And Lord, with our palms out, if you want more of the Spirit, just put your palms out. If you want to stir more in your life, because you have all you need in you, it's a matter of letting it be stirred and letting it flow from you. So Father, we ask right now, in the name of Jesus, that you would help us to be confessing people that acknowledge where we're not so that, Lord, we become cleaner and cleaner in our approach, in our attitudes, in our ways. And, Lord, we ask that in any moment, Lord, you would give us the simple prayer of, Spirit, lead me so that I can live in the zone of your kingdom and your goodness. Father, lead us. And we ask this in Christ's name. And all God's people said, amen. Thank you for tuning in to our message podcast here at Peninsula Covenant Church. We would love the opportunity
2: to connect with you more. We are located in Redwood City, California, and you can find us online at wearepcc.com.
1: You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by simply searching for We Are PCC.